Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. What I've seen happen is, because I get questions on this regularly, Trump will say something, there will be one word they pick out, vermin was one, they followed me around about that for a week. What do you think about the Donald Trump called his opponents vermin? And it's a whole game that the media plays where they will quoting pick, Hitler. They will, they will, they will, <laughs> pick, they will pick one word he says and then actually have you respond to it, as opposed to taking the Hitler. actual... The obsession over picking some word that Donald Trump said was quoting and Hitler. making that the news story versus actually you know asking about the was, substance. Right? I mean, Charlemagne, I think I saw some of some of your own commentary recently where you agree with me on the border being a crisis. And it's ridiculous what's happening yeah, on the southern border. Do anything. <laughs> is there any doubt that Vivek is going to be the VP? Yes, there's doubt. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I have I have more <laughs> doubt than I have assurance that that would happen. He's such a good surrogate. He is. But I, he's, he's hit his stride. Yeah. Because his message has always been America first. Yeah. His message has always been the Trump message. The reason why he really broke through, I think, initially is because he's like, I'll pardon Trump. Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you? Because I will pardon Trump if I'm the president. We're all like, you're not going to be president. He's like, but I would pardon Trump. <laughs> I'm like, well, I would do. <laughs> Put my name in the hat. I mean, he's he's done a lot to make himself a real national figure in the span of a year. But this is this is this has always been his strong suit, which is speaking the America first mentality, methodology, process, policy, speaking it in a way that is what the Donald Trump portion of the ticket advocates for. But outside of Donald Trump. So this is a conversation he was having with Charlemagne the God, which I just struggle with that. <laughs> I know. I always want to say the. What's what's the. what's more pretentious, the God or Charlemagne? <laughs> the God. Okay. Is it a capital G? I don't know. I know T H A is how you spell the. That's all I know. And 
Steve like totally nixed it when you wanted to do Ryan Wiggins the God, and he said, "No, I think Wiggins America is better." He said, "That's blasphemy," and I said, "You're right. I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm done. You're right. I didn't realize that." Thank it's you. A, <laughs> good point. Steve. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, <laughs> dodge that bullet. Uh, Charlemagne the God, incredibly influence, uh, influential voice in where is he out of New York? New York. Yeah, I think it's what is it called, the Breakfast Club? Mm-hmm. I mean, top. Yeah. Top influencer in radio and and broadcasting is i think with iheart and he's the one who was interviewing joe biden when joe biden said he just leans in he's didn't he say like something about buddy it's like <laughs> if you don't vote for me you ain't black and charlemagne the god is like whoa <laughs> hold on now boy like it's it is like slow your roll joe biden he's very influential i think charlemagne the god is not you don't know exactly what he's going to say, which is why he's probably so mm-hmm. successful. You can't pre-program what he's going to say on his show or where he's going to come from. I mean, people might do that, but they'd be ignorant to do so because he's he's a thinker. He's got a perspective. It's in many situations different than mine. But I think that when he has something to say, it's interesting to listen to what he is trying to to move as far as a point. When I listen to the Vivek Charlemagne conversation, there are so many things that Charlemagne has just conceded himself mm-hmm. over to accepting as foundational basic fact. Where where he starts his argument requires a lot of agreement on assumptions from the other person in yeah. the conversation yeah. about Donald Trump. What do you make of the constant correlation Trump and Hitler? Not just not just like he's a fascist. He wants to be, you know, the the last leader of America. First of all, again, I remind you that if he is as old as you say he is, it can't last that long. <laughs> it's not going to be yeah. for all uh, time, forever and ever. I have never ever heard Donald Trump speak in a way that made me think that he wants anything more than four more years for Donald Trump. I think he wants America first to last forever into the future because I think he thinks America first is what the Constitution was initially based on to begin with. So America first is the continuation of the foundational elements of our country. He says vermin. He said poisoning the blood. These are things that Hitler has also said Is Donald Trump making mistakes when he uses these phrases? Is Donald Trump knowingly saying things that Hitler said as a wink and a nod to his followers that dabble in those types of things? No. The only thing he might be doing knowingly is doing it to drive the media crazy. I don't know that he is. Does that mean that he knows what he's saying? I don't know. If he he knows... That's why he's doing it is to make people go <gasps> because he just loves driving people crazy. So the question, though, is, Brad, is he saying poisoning the blood because he knows that'll make people gasp because he also knows that Hitler said that? Does does Donald Trump say that? Man, because he wants to keep a the conversation about Donald Trump always, which it, it does. Does he know what he's getting himself into? Let's listen to. Let's listen to a little bit more of this exchange here because 
It's a very interesting. What, what did he say? What did he say? The quote of Hitler. Let's actually just just go go to the hold specifics. Let's, 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 let's just let's just, let's just go to the specifics and do this because this let's is exactly this is exactly what happened. Oh boy! Pull it up word for word. Read me the whole paragraph. What comes oh, yeah, before, during, and after? I don't even know what you're referring oh, to, but I know enough of how the game is played that I just want to play this out. And and he also said that he didn't know Hitler had used the term. Okay, well, and that was the poisoning the blood term. That's straight out of the uh, that the, the manifesto. Just because somebody says a word that also appears in some English manifesto. translation of the manifesto is some sort of weird game of gotcha. Just just read read to me if the you, full paragraph if block you're saying quote. Immigrants poison the blood of no, America. No, no, no. G- 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 give me give me Donald Trump's quote. We're not going to oh, do the game you. of the secondhand you know NBC News distillation of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just get to the primary source. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. So what Vivek is saying here is, don't read me the. Super left wing wake up, wakes up in the morning to hate Donald Trump report on what Donald Trump said, which is what Charlemagne's about to do here. Tell me what Donald Trump said, which I think is what everybody who wants to advocate for Donald Trump and Donald, but more importantly, Donald Trump's message needs to start doing. Let's go to the primary source. But I still have that question. Does Donald Trump knowingly invoke buzzword phrases that Hitler has said to contort his opposition into knots because he knows he can? Here's more from that. Because I know Donald Trump and he's not somebody who goes around quoting Adolf Hitler. It's just not a thing that happens. I know half this country is taught to believe by the media that that's what he does, but that's just not Donald Trump. I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country. When they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country, Trump told the crowd at a rally in New Hampshire. That's what they've done. They poison mental mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. he kept repeating the phrase, poisoning the blood of our country. Can you just do me one favor? Because we got it. I think this is so valuable. Just read exactly Trump's immigra- quote. Read, read, read the whole sentence. Illegal immigration is poisoning the blood of our nation. Okay. And read, 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 read the rest of it as you did. Just just, just go the whole paragraph. I, I think. Did. Just do one more time. Just so everybody can everybody hear what he actually said versus the news the story. The term blood poisoning was used by Hitler no, 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 in his read what Donald Trump said, not what somebody wrote about it. he criticized immigration. In the mixing of all races, Trump is doing because, the exact same thing. They're, they're poisoning the mental health institutions. They're poisoning no, the he prisons. Said poisoning the poisoning blood of the, our country. That was one line from a broader litany. Are we able to separate? There are two entirely different conversations taking place here. There's what Charlemagne is reading from a report on what Donald Trump said, and there's Vivek trying to make the point. Donald Trump, he's saying Donald Trump was trying to make that the poisoning, the blood is going. It's it's not just the idea that people from other places coming here is bad. And this conversation starts with Vivek and Charlene together, acknowledging that we do have an illegal immigration problem. So I'll ask you again yet. Do you have a strong opinion? Is Donald Trump using that phrase? Did that phrase just come out? Of his mouth because it flowed in the point that he was trying to make or does Donald Trump knowingly understand in his mind this is a Hitler phrase but it's not going to stop me I still don't think that that's something that he thinks about I don't think that Donald I'm going to make some Trump supporters mad here but Donald Trump doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that sits around reading books yeah Mein Kampf Anything really? He doesn't strike books. Me. Yeah, just a book guy. I, in I kind of agree yeah. that he's not a, he's not a big reader. 
Uh, they, a, they said when he would get his briefings that his team would have to come in and say it to him because yeah. he didn't like reading. And I relate to that. I do too. And I'm I, an audio learner. And, and I would say that doesn't make me less well-read because the way I consume things better and retain them is to hear them. Me too. Or to take them in shorter yeah. bits. So he doesn't strike me as that. So maybe he heard that that phrase watching TV or something like that. Because if you if you watch the History Channel for any amount of time, you're going to see a special on Hitler and you're going to learn some stuff about him. It's not that they're celebrating him. It's just there. It, it is, to me, it's just a phrase that he heard one time somewhere and he's like, ooh, that's a good descriptive thing of what's going on. I'm going to use that when I'm speaking. I don't think he pre-plans. I don't buy into the 4D chess stuff. I think Donald Trump is a lot more off the cuff than than he is pre-planned, premeditated. Or Would you hear like poisoning that. the blood from anywhere else and immediately attach it to Hitler? Because I am going to tell you right now, I wouldn't. No, I, I definitely wouldn't. With well, that, with that phrase, I wouldn't. But especially with vermin, I wouldn't go. Ooh, that's probably Hitler. You know, that's that's a word, and you may not like yeah. the usage of the word or even the context of the usage of the word. But it is definitely not something that I hear and go, Hitler. Yeah, the the automatic connection for me is not like. Oh, this is Nazi stuff. Yeah. It it just isn't. No. Um and I think it's an important question. And I'm I'm honestly telling you, I don't know if Donald Trump is knowingly invoking these phrases because Donald Trump tweaks people. He loves mm-hmm. to tweak people. He loves to say things. He insults people. It's his MO. So but I I am with you. I don't think that he's that deep into Hitler-esque languages that he would be doing this with that intentionality. Here's the last part of that conversation. that we're And yet share. we're sitting here obsessing over one word in a long paragraph that said poison the blood when it included a reference to mental health institutions and jails and other public resources in the United States. That is everything that's wrong with our media right now. When it, when you got and a, I think it's going to be people you like you guy, guys who are actually going to help lead the media out of this because you are actually not beholden by the same partisan orthodoxy. But when you got a guy who really talk about got, the actual substance but when you about got a, what we need to address. It's hard, it's hard to when you got a guy who says he wants to be a dictator for a day. You got It's hard when it's a guy who says it's hard. Did you it's a guy the who says you got to terminate terminate the Constitution in order to overturn the results of an election. It's hard when it's a guy see, who's see, done an, who led an attempted coup in this country. Are, no, get no, no, over no, no, the no. derangement syndrome and focus on the actual problems we have to solve as a country. Here's the question: We're asking here, what does Donald Trump mean when he says poisoning the blood? Donald Trump, what did you mean? What were you implying when you said vermin? Ask him. Have him on your mm-hmm. high-profile show and ask him. But not only will they not put him in a position to answer those, what I would consider to be tough questions, they silence his ability to reach those audiences. They put intention in his mouth and in his heart and in his head so that they can lay brick by brick every bit of Donald Trump's narrative for you. And then when he goes out to speak to the American people, all of the left-leaning press says, you will not be permitted to access this. You will not be permitted to listen to Donald Trump's uh, words in his own words. We will filter for you. The idea that Donald Trump is saying these things 
should he be should he intentionally be invoking Hitler and Nazism and fascism when he's articulating words in this way? It's amazing to me that the left keeps him from speaking for himself. They do not permit him to speak for himself. And then it becomes it becomes canon to say that Donald Trump invokes Hitler and wants to do all of these things and he doesn't put him he doesn't have a opportunity to speak for himself to the American people through their outlets. They take his words, they they apply intention mm-hmm. and then they keep him from responding. Mm-hmm. That is fascism. Yes. Because it is backed up by the censorship that comes from our American government. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in the Twitter files. We've seen that with the way that they've handled how we were permitted as American citizens to discuss COVID, to discuss the election, to discuss Hunter Biden's laptop. It has come from the government that we are suppressed if we don't believe the approved narrative. And the person who wants to challenge those who have the power is not allowed to speak. Folks, capital F fascism from the left. Mm-hmm. It's it's Alinsky's rules for radicals. Accuse the other side of what you're doing. I mean, I, I pulled a clip earlier for, with Kamala Harris saying if Donald Trump gets into office, he will use the department. He will weaponize the Department of Justice to persecute and prosecute his political opponents. And I'm sitting here like you like what? Freaking Peter Navarro is on TV being sentenced. Donald Trump is under however many indictments. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Gaslighting. Stop it. Well, they're doing it on the border now, too. Like, oh, we want to secure the border, but these MAGA, extreme MAGA Republicans, they won't let us secure the border. You can follow up. You have to speak higher than he did. I can't. <laughs> Let's go. Brad's feeling it. It's It's irritating. It's so disingenuous, and it's for no other reason, and you all out there know it. It's for no other uh, reason than to just prove your point and maintain political power. You just want the power because you're self-righteous and you think that you know everything that's right. You're wrong on this. You lie about people, and you are not the good guy. You are the bad guy when you do that. It makes me, excuse me, (laughs) it makes me look at the screen and I go, who are these people? (laughs) Technical (laughs) file. You know what, though? He gets that mad. When Brad gets that mad, Mm -hmm. everybody is like, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's like finally Brad's. Finally, somebody's getting as mad as I am about this stuff. Going more with the heart than the head. Yeah, it's so so stupid. It drives you crazy to the point that you're going, is anybody else looking at this? Am I nuts? Well, here's the thing. I want to believe that people are basically smart. And it just blows my mind that people continue to fall for it. And then they will look at you and be like, well, you're stupid because he tells you what to do. The only matrix that you have to decide on how other people do things is the matrix that you have in your head. So you're like, well, Joe Biden tells me what to do, so I do everything that he does. That must mean that MAGA does everything that Donald Trump wants them to do. And it's not true. I've developed my political beliefs before Donald Trump was even on the scene. Donald Trump came on the scene and some of his political beliefs align with mine significantly more of his political beliefs align with mine than Joe Biden's. So why on earth would I vote for Joe Biden? I don't believe the way I believe because Donald Trump told me to believe that way. 
I believe the way that I believe by looking at facts and evidence and making my own decisions. So stop telling me I'm just a blind cultist following people. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Ryan, stop it. (laughs) Well, then don't vote for a dictator if you don't want to be called those things. I didn't vote for (laughs) Joe Biden! You were keeping Hans von Spakovsky, Brad. I'm sorry. (laughs) You were long. I I actually looked over to see if he was on the line. I was like, oh, did he hear all that? He's going to think I'm crazy. What show is this? I thought it was a Danny show. No. Let's let's just put all of our emotions into Brad. Let him experience all that we all are experiencing. He's good. And then we can just say, yeah. I feel yeah. like this happens one time a year. It, Brad uh, yeah. gets overly emotional, and we just go, ooh. No, it's about once a quarter. Okay. I'd say it's about once a quarter. Well, you're here for it. I got this was other it. responsibilities that can't get emotional all we the time. We are really long. Oh, sorry. <laughs> other responsibilities, I'll take care of it. <laughs> Good stuff. Hmm. Anything else, Brad? Uh, yeah, you get a live coming up. Okay. Let's talk about air comfort in a minute. <laughs> if Hans will let us. Hans von Spakovsky, we come back. To bring this show in, we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Regardless of what federal statute may exist, the the supremacy clause means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility to defend the Texas. The United States has abandoned its responsibility. There is a back and forth taking place between Texas and the federal government. And the Supreme Court is sitting there in the middle, kind of playing referee. And I keep hearing a lot of people trying to explain what the Supreme Court's role was. Some people are saying or speaking about it like the Supreme Court ruled and then that's corrected legally. And I need to know all the way down to the brass tacks, what is going on between Texas, their efforts to try to secure their own sovereign southern border, and the federal government's abdication of that responsibility, according to Governor Abbott there. So we go to our expert friend, Hans von Spakovsky, the senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Well, thanks thanks for having me. And yeah, this is quite a situation between Texas and the federal government. The, the one thing I'll tell you right away, Annie, is the claims you you hear being made by critics that uh, Greg Abbott in Texas, by saying that they're going to continue to put up uh, wire fencing um, to try to seal off the board, that they're somehow violating a Supreme Court order, that is just completely and totally wrong. So explain to me, what did Texas do what did the Supreme Court step in and do if, it, if it's not like a Supreme Court decision or ruling that was the finality of the whole thing? And with the letter that came out from Governor Abbott yesterday that has got a lot of other red state governors behind Governor Abbott supporting his efforts, whose move is it in this back and forth? Well, the move is going to be uh, February 7th in the uh uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But here's what happened. Texas started putting in wire fencing 
uh, along 29 miles of the border at Eagle, Eagle Pass. That's one of the most heavily trafficked areas. They put this barbed wire on state-owned property and private property where the private owners had said, sure, yeah. put, put this up. This was not on federal lands. And when the Border Patrol started going in and cutting and removing the wire. Border Patrol Texas, being a federal agency. A federal agency, right. So it's basically the Biden administration started destroying the wire. Uh, Texas filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration saying that the federal government is destroying and damaging state property. They had uh, a hearing at a, a federal district court, and the federal district court, there hit the federal district court's criticism of the Biden administration was devastating. The the judge said they are not the federal government is not enforcing the law. In fact, it's doing everything it can to make sure illegal aliens get across. But I can't stop them because uh, the federal government has what's called sovereign immunity. Texas appeals that to the Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, and the, the Court of Appeals says, uh, District Court Judge, no, you're wrong. Hmm. They don't have sovereign immunity, and we are issuing a preliminary injunction that tells the federal government they can't destroy this barbed wire. The Biden administration files an emergency appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court issues a two-sentence order that simply says, the injunction is dissolved while the appeal is pending. That was not a decision on the merits of the case. All they said is, no, there's not going to be an injunction in place while this case is being argued on the merits down in the lower courts. Here's what the end result of this is. The federal government is not prevented from going in and tearing up the barbed wire. But there was nothing in the Supreme Court's order telling Texas they couldn't continue to put up All right. the barbed wire. So they're not violating the law if they continue uh, to do that. I also don't think there's anything uh, in that order that prevents the state of Texas from keeping federal agents off of state properties. So in some ways, you have kind of an, an impasse there. But like I said, the criticism of the government was just devastating of the federal government by the lower court judge. You know, it seems to me that in this conflict that we're seeing here, this this exercise of constitutional federalism, the sovereignty of the states versus the power of the federal government, it seems to me that this needs to be pushed as far as it possibly can to ultimately, even if it doesn't stop the problem, to identify whose responsibility it is to protect and maintain a sovereign and secure border for our country. And as this goes back and forth, it seems like Texas is having to act in the absence of that participation in protecting our southern border from the federal government, which seems to be an absolute choice policy made by the Biden administration. Is that a correct assessment? Oh, it is. And in fact, if you read the court decision, and I, I read all of them yesterday, the, uh, the, the Texas, uh, Texas has video, actual video of Border Patrol agents not only cutting holes in the fencing, but then putting out a rope ladder, a rope ladder to help 
the illegal aliens get through the hole and into the United States and also of a Border Patrol um, boat in the middle of the river, just sitting there passively and not doing a damn thing, excuse my language, to stop alien after alien after alien walking, wading past them in the river. So, and oh, and by the way, once all these aliens got through the hole they had created, uh, they weren't even escorted to a processing center. The agents just said, on your way, oh, we hope you'll stop a mile down the road where the processing center is, but they just sent them off on their own. Does this, I'm I'm ignorant to this, so I'm going to ask a question. I might not even be asking it the correct way, so guide me here. Is this a Mayorkas decision? Is this a jo- is Joe Biden actively participating in making the choices that are materializing on the southern border? Where where are these specific judgments on how Border Patrol is to react and behave and really manifest an avenue for illegal aliens to enter our country freely? Where is that order coming from? Well, the direct orders to the Border Patrol and others uh, are coming from Alexander Mayorkas, the head of DHS. But this is direct. I mean, he's acting under the direct supervision of the White House and Joe Biden. And what folks need to understand is, as you said, this is a deliberate, intentional policy to make sure the border is open. Because if Look, if the Biden administration really wanted to enforce our immigration laws and prevent illegal aliens from coming in, they'd be saying to Texas, thank you. Thank you for helping us stopping. By the way, um, the Biden administration tried to argue, oh, well, this is going to this is going to hurt people. It's going to prevent us from providing, for example, emergency medical help to aliens who need it. Wrong. The injunction that was actually issued by the Fifth Circuit had an exception. And the exception said, no, the Border Patrol can go in to, to provide emergency medical help. So, so they, the Biden administration didn't even have that as an excuse. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. Hans von Spakovsky with us right now with the Heritage Foundation. Before we let you go, I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen next. I don't know if you have the foresight to tell us what happens next or what the possibilities are, because it seems as though... The Supreme Court made that decision that we just talked about here that just said that the Border Patrol can come in and cut the wire. But as you articulated, Texas can keep putting down the wire. And Governor Abbott is not giving an inch in this back and forth between his state and the federal government. It seems as though there's a conflict. I mean, we're going to have people serving the state of Texas and people serving the federal government in a law enforcement capacity in the same place at the same time with different intentions. I mean, it seems as though this conflict, I I don't want to say, I don't want to be too sensational about it, but it's getting pretty heated. I'll I'll just say it that way. It is. Oh, no, no, it is. And uh, in fact, uh, they talk in the court order at one point about how when the uh, Texas law enforcement started taking pictures taking pictures uh, and videos of the Border Patrol agents cutting the holes, the Border Patrol agents started cursing, cursing the Texas agents and saying, you you can't take pictures of us. You don't have the legal authority to do it, which, of course, is completely wrong. So they already have had that kind of confrontation. Well, look, um, this basically the Supreme Court sent this back down to the Court of Appeals, the Fifth Circuit, 
Uh, they have an argument planned for February 7th, which isn't that far away. And there, Texas will be arguing once again on the merits that they should get an injunction. And it's very possible the Fifth Circuit will give it to them. And if they get that, then what hap- What What's I mean, it just seems I don't know. Seems super tense, Hans. I'm <laughs> just saying, like, this isn't end in handshaking, agree to disagree. I mean, there's going to be a very problematic outcome for half of this of this uh, conflict. Well, it's very true. And if the Biden administration wins, basically what that means is that uh, drug smugglers, human traffickers, criminals, terrorists and others will have a free ride, a free walk across the U.S. border, and they then will be transported to cities and counties all over America. And that's exactly what the Biden administration wants. Well, uh, stay close, Hans, because I know that you're going to be on with us and other folks in the station to walk us through what's taking place. I'm very grateful for that summation of it, because I think that we get very used to hearing what the current situation is and status is. And if you only ever take that through pundits, it's hard to understand the legality of it. You've done a very good job of breaking it down so that even I can understand it. Hans, I'm very grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. We appreciate you. Hans von Spikowski, the senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, giving us his legal expertise uh, as he does each week. Um, Brad, I saw this comment on here. I'm trying to scroll to find it. I don't, there's a lot of people chatting it up right now <laughs> in, in our YouTube live yeah. chat. We invite you to come join us on the Annie Fry YouTube channel. Paul said, did Border Patrol behave that way when you visited Annie? I remember you interviewed one border agent. My recollection of talking to Border Patrol was that, A, they were hard to find anywhere. Yes. The massive insufficiency yes. of agents on the southern border as was ma- shocking. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't know that we saw maybe one Border Patrol agent. What we saw were those white trucks, which were rentals for the Texas National Guard. And the person who we talked to was retired. And from Arizona. Yes, from a different district. And they they told us very much so that they became like paper pusher processors to to they nothing that the Biden administration has done on this issue has stopped anything. They have just tried to streamline the flow of people into the country. Right. That's what they mean by fixing the situation at the border. Uh, What that agent from Arizona said was, is you would start your day and maybe you only had about 10 percent of your workforce available to go patrol the border um, because the rest were doing paperwork. But by the by, I think he said by lunchtime, all those 10 percent had encountered migrants and then were back at the border station processing and doing paperwork. So from about noon to the rest of the day, they didn't even have enough agents to secure the border. They are not patrolling the border. They are facilitating illegal immigration on behalf of orders from Mayorkas, ultimately Biden. What they are doing is not turning people around and sending them back. If they encounter somebody, they take them back to the the, because what ends up happening is these migrants come across and they're like, I'm claiming asylum. Well, now you got to process their asylum claim. And so that's what they're doing. They're going in and they're claiming asylum, whether or not they have a legitimate case for asylum. But you've got to process it. And so this is what the Biden administration is saying. They're like, well, we want money for for more agents. We want money for more lawyers and we want money for more judges so that we can process these asylum claims quicker and get these people into the United States with green cards and all of that other stuff. That is not what the Republicans want. The Republicans want the flow to stop. We want border security, not that's why they don't say border security. They say fixing the situation at the southern border. When we spoke with Jim Carafano at Tuesday, 
the analogy that was used is that the patient is on the table, the patient is bleeding out, and Joe Biden, the surgeon, the doctor in charge, is demanding money and funds for mops and mm-hmm. cloths to clean up the blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. No, no effort to stop the bleeding in the patient and save the patient. Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure it doesn't look messy. It's a shame. It's shameful. It's outrageously shameful. And America better wake up and pay attention and change out that administration this November. We're going to take a quick break. Wiggins America, back in studio here. When we come back, don't go away. Wiggins! Oh! Wiggins! All right, guys, I got a few stories here, kind of a potpourri of things, maybe that will make you go, what? Yep, just like that. Uh, The Passion of the Christ 2 is happening. The sequel? Did you know? Yeah, it's been talked about for a long time. It is happening. Yeah, I think I heard that, but I don't think I knew it was in Babylon B. No, it real it really is, and it's Mel Gibson. Just I mean, you can call a movie whatever you want. So I'm sure somebody's come out and made Passion too. Is or it something. just about his time before Ascension? No, it is. Wait, th- his time before Ascension. Yeah. Yes, it is about the three days that he was dead. So nobody can quite figure out. That's all they've said. And then they said that they might make this into two movies instead of just one. And it's looking more like they will. But nobody can figure out what exactly that means. Does it mean that they're going to follow Jesus into where he goes after death in between when he is resurrected? Or are they going to stay here and try to figure out, well, what what are the disciples doing? What's everybody reacting? Nobody knows. But it is going to be Mel Gibson. It is going to be Jim Caviezel. So they know that those two... Main players are coming back for Passion of the Christ 2. Oh, and 3, by the way, because it'll probably be uh, I think 3 is a good number. Stop at 3. <laughs> I say just keep making movies. Or 7. <laughs> yeah, keep going. 7. You can go up to 40. <laughs> Passion of the Christ, Episode 3, Return of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd watch it. <laughs> the reason... <laughs> I, we don't have time for this, but what if Disney remade them? <laughs> oh, no. no, uh, no. What if that woman who... Kathleen is re- Kennedy. No, not her. Not her. Not her. The new one. The one, the, that, one? the one that wants to make men feel uncomfortable. Oh, What does yes. she do with Jesus? The one who's directing the new Star Wars stuff. You want stuff. to make men feel uncomfortable? Tell the story of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You mean men as in mankind? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one that includes women. Yeah. The that- man, the men that includes women. <laughs> yes, yes. That's uh, that's a fact. And There's a path here. <laughs> it would be like the ultimate reckoning. <laughs> the donors to that this movie. That could be the name of the, the film. The, the ultimate reckoning. <laughs> Passion of the Christ 2, the ultimate reckoning. Nobody knows what the third one is going to be called. And that's why I actually brought it up in the what stories, because this won't come out till at the earliest 2025 and maybe the third one wouldn't come out until 2027. What if Jesus comes back before that? Go ahead. <laughs> no, what you, if, go ahead. What if, it, what if he comes back before it's finished? Oh, well, <clears throat> then I guess we'd know the end of the story anyway. So I think we already do. <laughs> yes, we do. It's like watching Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Only in it's reverse. Like, yeah. It's like what happens after the iceberg. It's like watching Titanic in a major key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, breaking conservative news host compares the death of Christ to the Titanic. Uh, Next story. (laughs) What? (laughs) That would have been a good spot. What? And that was too late. Nope, I know. 
It's all about timing, and I ain't got it. I wonder if it'll be good by the end of the show. Mystery deepens over Kansas City men. Sorry, mystery deepens over Kansas City men found dead in friend's frozen backyard. Have you seen this story? No. This is a wild Leah mystery. From the back. <laughs> I'll just I'll just give you the basics here. You can turn your microphone on, you know. It is. Well, it is now. It was Brad. Now. Oh, it's always it was Brad. on Brad. It's always Brad. <laughs> Did you turn her off? No. I just didn't pot her up. I'm also oh. not on the cameras. On January Who controls the cameras, Leah? Brad. You no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> You could have put them on before you came in. I'm... Right, now there she is. On January 7th, here's the story, really quickly, uh, synopsis here. On January 7th, a man named Jordan Willis, Kansas City Chiefs fan, had a few friends over, th- at least three guys over. This is still about the frozen dead guy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Chiefs fan? So you have heard th- a little bit about this. What? No. They don't know I what's going on. I did just three minutes ago. So this, this, this guy has some friends over, all in their late 30s. They've been buddies for quite a while. The game's over. Chiefs won. He goes to bed. The three guys disappear. Nobody knows where they went. For three days, people are trying to figure out where these guys are. They're dead frozen in his backyard. He has no idea that they've been there for three days. Mm. Their cars, though, are still parked outside his house. That's what they can't figure out. Were, Were these guys drunk and they passed out and froze to death? But all three of them together would have done this and the guy didn't know it? I feel like this is more than a 90-second story. <laughs> yes, I agree. But it's it, they're, so they're, the, the news is they're doing toxicology reports now to try to figure out what happened to these three guys. And That's there's, so sad. There's so much here, and it's the fact that it was in Kansas City just sort of adds almost like a local story that's playing out on, in national news. So that one is very, very strange. Nobody can figure out what's going on or who knew what. The guy claims to have known nothing. Last story, great one to end on. Farting passenger causes American <laughs> Airlines flight to return to gate. Is that the one you flew back from Florida on? This has nothing to do with me. Why, is this why your flight was delayed? A <laughs> uh, flight was reported delayed after the plane ran into some unexpected flatulence. An excessively gassy passenger who had to be removed. I blame people to judge. They- <laughs> They kept at they so they interviewed a guy who was on the plane. He said the guy just was farting and saying things like, "Well, how about this smell?" <laughs> what? And then say, whatever people would say to him, he said, "I couldn't hear what other people were saying to him, but he was telling them they were rude." Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> So they turned the plane around. It was not in the air yet. It was still on the tarmac. They were like, this guy's going to be such a problem. They didn't even take off. They just went back to the gate. Where was this flight going from? Uh, Good question. I don't know exactly where it was. Uh, Phoenix to Austin. Phoenix to Austin. It's not a long flight. No, it's not. That had to be some bad gas. American Airlines, no flatulence here. (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) they keep going, sir, you're being rude. And apparently one of the quotes he's, he kept telling them, you guys are just so low class. So he needs a toxicology report on him. <laughs> yeah, are you Talk sure it wasn't you? <laughs> uh, the, the spat continued and In the scuffle mind, caused the plane to turn around. Do we know what this guy looks like? No, but I yes. feel like he wears a f- yeah. fedora and has a neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't picture guy. him being small and nerdy. In yeah. Fenton right now, wearing a fedora with a neckbeard going, oh, oh, oh. You guys are being so rude. Is, I, I am insulted, sir. That is beardest of you. 
It's the first time I've ever heard of this being the reason a plane didn't take off. Just too much fighting. God willing, the last time as well. Yes, yes. But he didn't He didn't protest. He got up quietly and left. Silent but deadly. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I got nothing. I will not follow up with that with Tyrus. <laughs> we'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com.